When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On a day where the AFL take a stand and condemn racist social media behaviour. Hello and welcome. Great to have your company here on SEN. Jack Heverin with you to work our way through the stories from across the day. Joining us in about half an hour from now, the CEO of the newest NBL team. They don't have a name, they don't have a coach and they don't have players as yet. But they do have a CEO. Simon Brookhouse will be our special guest a little bit later on this hour. Plus, as we get set to lock and load for the next bunch of games, I want you to make a case for a player from your team that you believe must be an All-Australian in 2020. After six o'clock, hello and welcome. Great to have your company here on Time On. It is Wednesday, the 19th of August. My name's Jack Heverin, and it's a great day to be alive. Nice to be with you. Nice to work our way through the hour. There's a lot to get through in this hour as well. And I'm very much looking forward to Simon Brookhouse joining us. You know that I'm a massive lover and uh, commentator in the NBL, and I love the fact that Tasmania have got a franchise. The question now begs... Does Tasmania having their own team in the NBL potentially accelerate other sporting codes having their team in their specific league? I reference the AFL, obviously, uh, and I reference the A-League and others who might be thinking about it as well. So a bit to talk about when that comes up a little bit later on. one 736 736 to join me on the phone. You can join me on the text as well, 0433 98 11 16. Before we work our way through some of the news of the day, I want to throw one at you as our hot topic tonight. You know that we always open this show with your calls and we blanket plenty of time to make sure that we get them all in. I want to throw one at you this evening. The team at afl.com.au have put together, so I'm sort of half pinching their idea a little bit, so thank you guys and girls in advance, but they have put together players from your club who could be in the running to be an All-Australian in 2020. Now, I thought it'd be a good chance for us to do it tonight because we're well and truly beyond the halfway mark of the season. In fact, we're sort of just hit the straight and we're starting to turn for home. And very quickly, the season will be done and we'll go, oh, gee, um, who should be an All-Australian from my team? So as I always say, no one knows your team like you. I watch as many games as I possibly can. We all watch as many games as we possibly can. 
but no one knows your team like you. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the phone. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the text. Who at your team has absolutely made their case to be an All Australian in two thousand and twenty? And I don't mind if you get a little bit biased here. That's part of the fun. If you if you want to wear your rose-coloured glasses and you want to push one forward from your team, that's fine as well. But if you want to legitimately push one forward, I'd love to hear from you this hour. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I've got a couple to consider. I could probably make two or three cases um, for each team. And I know that we only get sort of 22 that, that go into this team. And sometimes the you know, the half-forward flanks and the half-backs can sometimes get fluffed up a little bit with um, with an overflow of on-ballers. Hopefully that doesn't happen, and I reckon we're seeing less and less of it. I want to make a case for two. One is Darcy Moore. Um, he has had a fabulous year, Darcy Moore. Very rarely loses a one-on-one. His intercept work has been absolutely superb. I would argue that this is his best year. Um, I think certainly from a continuity point of view, he's had a lot of issues with soft tissues uh, along the way. Darcy Moore, and that's that's definitely impacted his career, but he's played all 11 games this year after playing 17 last year and only seven in 2018. Um, and I think he's just going on in leaps and bounds as a footballer. His marking numbers are high. Uh, scrapped the last couple of weeks because he, like a lot of Collingwood players, have looked really, really tired and, and probably need the, the rest. Darcy Moore's one that I want to make a case for. I think he's done everything right, and I think he should most certainly be in all Australian conversations. So that's one. 0433 98 11 16 or 1300 736 736. I could go on about Clayton Oliver again. I sung his praises last night on the show, so I'm not going to go back to that um, again. The other's Travis Boak. He's 32 years old. He's averaging 21 disposals. He has not only changed some games from Port Adelaide this year, but I'd argue that Travis Boak has won them some games as well. So for power fans, you'll be well aware of, of how good a season he's having. But we, for, for some reason, about two and a half years ago, this guy was wrongly written off as being just about over the hill. Um, he has been superb for Port Adelaide. So that's the other that I want to make a case for. Um, there's a lot that I'm going to make cases for over this half an hour, but I want you to make your case. one 736 736 Who should, absolutely in your mind from your team, be an All-Australian? Now, a lot can change with six games to go, but it's a good chance to put one of yours forward. Ross from East Melbourne is first up tonight. Ross, thanks for your call. Yeah, g'day, Jack. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking similar to you. Um, I'm, I'm a Collingwood fan, and there's probably two that probably two that come to me, but probably one that really stands out. I think Darcy Moore, his season has just been... Um, oh, I think it's been first class. I think probably he started off the year um, really red hot, and he's probably continued that. Um, yep. I've dropped off a little bit over the last couple of weeks as the side's form's dropped off. Um, but the other one, I kind of... I don't think he'll get in the side, but I think if you were going to mention players from clubs, I think if um, Taylor Adams, if his season doesn't yeah. get looked at, I think he's really taking his game to another level this year. You can't, you can't deny that. Um, and he, he's probably over the last couple of years got a bit better with his, his disposal, and he's actually still finding the footy uh, a fair bit as well. So I think 
he's balanced uh, both those sides of his game, being able to get the footy, but also being able to use it really well. So I'd probably say that they're two from Collingwood. And if he hadn't got injured, I reckon Jeremy Howe was probably looking like he was going to have an All-Australian year as well. He was on track, no doubt. If you, if we were doing this after six rounds, Roscoe, no doubt we would have been talking about Jeremy Howe. Taylor Adams, um, as a Pies fan, you would see this week in, week out. But he's really been the one with Pendlebury injured, with Trelaw injured, uh, with side bottom suspended. Taylor Adams has basically been a one-man wrecking ball in your midfield. Without him, I, Lord knows where you'd be. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think you've put you hit it on the uh, you hit it on the head there. We've been a fair bit of trouble if it wasn't for him. I think he's basically rubbed a stamp himself in the last six weeks as the next captain of Collingwood. Whenever either Pendle retires or if Pendle's, um, you know, uh, gives it up, so like Nick Maxwell did in the last year or two of his career, mm. I think that Taylor Adams is the one that he'll take. Uh, He'll take that captaincy on because you can just see he, he sort of he's in lifting over the last sort of, yep. as I said this season. But yeah, I think his last six weeks has been really good. Yeah, so, points uh, points very well made, yeah. Ross. Points very very well made, and appreciate your call. I think he's uh, the midfield. I'm always hesitant sometimes to really push someone in the midfield because there's there's such a big cluster of players uh, that, that go into the conversation. But yeah, Taylor Adams, I agree with you. I think if he continues on the form that he's having at the moment, albeit that some of these performances have been in losing teams, but you shouldn't ignore that. Um, his game against Sydney, I thought he was the best player on the ground. His game against Adelaide, he wasn't far off the best player on the ground. And his game against Melbourne, well, it would sort of get lost because of how good Melbourne were. But uh, he tried his backside off. Things would have been probably um, a lot worse without him. Nathan's in Craigieburn. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join me here on Time On. Hello, Nathan. Yeah, good evening. How are you? I'm good, mate. I want to drop my three dark horses, and I'll have one that's actually my case. I'm a St Kilda fan, obviously. Okay. Um, my three dark horses from St Kilda will be Zach Jones, Dan Butler, and Callum Wilkie. Mm-hmm. And my actual case I want to make for is Jack Steele. He's we've had our in and in and under players out of the team, out of form. So one Seb Ross, the other one's Luke Dunstan. That's in the middle. So all the pressure's been on, uh, and Dan Hanbury's been out as well from injury. So all the pressure's been on Jack Steele and he's stepped up to the plate and he's carried out a team in every win. Uh, I love him as a footballer, Nathan. I reckon you're spot on. Um, and what I love about Jack Steele, and Saints fans are well and truly up about it with him. There's a lot up and about. There's a lot of text messages coming through. What I love about Jack Steele is that he's evolved his game. So he, for the last couple of years, has been really consistent. He's played a lot of games for the Saints. So off the top of my head, I reckon he's missed three games uh, in the last three years. But a lot of them in the, the two years prior were in tagging roles. And even at the start of the year, uh, I can think of a game uh, against Port Adelaide, I reckon I was singing the praises of Travis Boak. But I think Jack Steele went to Travis Boak after quarter time and, and put a bit of a job on him after that. But he's become more than a stopper, Jack Steele. He's become a ball winner. He's the number one disposal winner uh, at St Kilda. He's the number one clearance winner. He leads contested ball as well. He ticks a lot of boxes and... You start to talk about best and fairest, and I reckon we might maybe do this in the next couple of weeks, but you start to talk about best and fairest at your club. Jack Steele might be pretty hard to shake at St Kilda. So you make a very, very good case for him, Nathan. Thank you for your call. Tony's in East Bentley. Tony, good evening to you. Thanks for your call. That's all right, Jack. Uh, first off, got to ask, how's young Bubs going? She's still got more hair than yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. Um, yeah, no, she she does, but she's um, she's just going through the teething phase at the moment, uh, Tony. So we're sort of up around the two, three times a night she's waking up. But thank you for asking anyway. 
my thoughts are with you. Uh, I was going to say Cam Wilkie from St Kilda, but it has to be Dan Butler, half yeah. forward flank. There's some um, you, you couldn't have Tony. I know you love your Saints. You couldn't have possibly thought that you were going to get what you did, could you? Like he, he's been so good for you this year. Did you think he'd be this good? Yes, I have because I got several messages from faithful Richmond supporters saying you've got a bargain, and they are crying hard right now. Yeah, and they gave him away for next to nothing. Yeah, and I know for I know that Richmond didn't really want to lose him, Tony. But at the end of the day. You can only squeeze 22 into a team and Dan Butler was out of the team more often than he was in the team. And um, you're only as valuable as what the offer is from elsewhere. And, and the offer from St Kilda and a couple of others um, really came hard for him. And, and I can certainly understand that as well. Tony, always nice to hear your voice, mate. Always uh, appreciate your call on this show. You're always welcome. In fact, everyone's always welcome. one 736 736 If you've just joined us, we're talking about the player at your club with... Six rounds to go that you think should absolutely be in the discussion for all Australian. You see your team better than anyone, maybe sometimes a little bit biased at times, but that's fine. Who should be in the conversation for all Australian this year? Off the text, Stephen May's name is getting a lot of support. He's having uh, a great year. His year's getting better and better, Stephen May. I reckon he's one of those players that the more he plays, the better he gets and Historically, it can be a little bit slow out of the blocks. But, um, yeah, I I really like the way that Stephen May's building this year. He's been so crucial for Melbourne in the last month in particular. Josh from South Yarra off the text says, in a season uh, of little to nothing to enjoy, when in 2020 there's even less, surely they can give us Roos fans something and not appease the, uh, the numbers, but reward Todd Goldstein as the starting All-Australian ruckman. Yeah, he's had a really, really good year. The only thing that may go against him is the fact that North Melbourne have been pretty poor. But again, if you're playing good footy, especially as a ruckman in that team, you can only do so much. Maybe he should be getting, um, maybe that shouldn't matter as much. But yeah, Todd Goldstein's had a a fantastic season, I agree. And with Grundy um, just starting to slow up a little bit, he definitely looks like he needs a rest at some stage or or maybe just a, a decent break. Um, Max Gorn's been injured. Nick Nat Newey's had some fantastic games, but then he's had just some steady games um, along the way. It probably is Goldstein and, and Nat Newey in the conversation for the All-Australian Ruckman right now. If I've missed someone, tell me about it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Matt's in Sydney. G'day, Matt. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. That's the way. Um, look, I'm a West Coast Eagles fan. Always have been. I love Liam Duggan's... Um, play this year. He's been extremely good, but Brad Shepard, he has been absolutely exceptional. He just doesn't lose one-on-ones, Brad Shepard, does he? He doesn't. For the size of him, he's just he's quick, he's really good with his ball um, movement and he's uh, super good one-on-one. So I think he's, he's a lock. He has to be. Yeah, and you talk to, and you know, you're obviously an Eagles fan as well. You talk to Eagles fans and, and they talk about, you, know, you quite often say, well, who's the first player picked every week? We know the glitz and the glamour and the shine of, of Nat Newey, and we know that Luke Shuey's devastating through the middle of the ground. But um, as far as, as I say, not losing one-on-ones and someone that you can absolutely set your watch to week in, week out, Brad Shepard very much in that conversation. Second in the competition for marks taken this year. I thought he was quite high up in, in that tally, but 
Second in the conversation, uh, and his rebound numbers coming out of, uh, out of defensive 50 are quite good as well. So agree with you. I think he's had a great season and he's going to make a really, really good case to be an All-Australian in 2020. one 736 736 to join me on the phone. More of your calls after this. Brendan, Nick and Lockie, do me a favour. Don't go anywhere. You'll be the first three up and there's plenty more to come after this. We're talking All-Australian for 2020. There's a great article up on afl.com.au right now about it. But who from your team should be absolutely a lock or at least considered for the All-Australian team for 2020? More calls after this. It's time on on SEN. Yeah, look, well, to be honest, I think I always knew I had it in me. It was just sort of getting that out and, and having that consistent performance each week. And um, I think last year, sort of 12 months ago, I sort of was in that stage of my career where I was sort of, um, you know, I didn't have a contract at the end of the year and um, I was sort of at that 50-game mark and you know, that sort of started when I started to believe that I sort of really belonged at AFL level and could have an impact on a game um, as I showed last year. So... It just sort of came back to that self-belief and once I sort of started to have a few good performances and it got that confidence in me, it sort of just grew from there. It's Carl Amon talking uh, to the media today ahead of Port Adelaide's next game. He's someone that I don't think is in the conversation for this year as an All-Australian, but he does fit into the theme of what we're doing tonight here on Time On because he has developed his game in a big way in 2020. Maybe 12 months on from now... He may be in that exact same conversation. But we are talking off the top tonight on our Hot Topic about those from your team that have staked their claim and you think should be an All-Australian in 2020. one 736 736 on the phone. 433 on the text. Simon Brookhouse, the new Tasmanian NBL CEO, is going to join us in about 15 minutes from now as well. Off the text, uh, Luke Ryan getting a lot of support. Uh, the longer this year goes the better Luke Ryan's getting in terms of making a case to be a potential All-Australian. 187 centimetres, and he's he's playing like Darcy Moore. He's playing like a drop-off forward. He has been absolutely superb. Agree, agree, agree. I don't think he'll make it, but uh, he may be in the squad, which is an achievement in itself. A lot of Collingwood supporters uh, mentioning Braden Maynard's name, and justifiably so. He's one of the best lockdown defenders in the competition, and he's starting to find more of the footy as well. And Ben from Mount Martha says, Callum Wilkie, the most underrated defender in the competition. You've got to put him in. Ben, he might just be in the calculations when the season finishes as well. Nick's in Strathmore has been waiting patiently to join us here on Time On. Nick, thanks for holding on, mate. Now, good day, Jack. How are you? I'm good. Tiger supporter, mate, and our best and most influential player. We all know who we're talking about. Our captain, Trent Cotchen. When he's there, that team is won. When he's missing, a lot of other players do a lot of great things, but it just seems to be his leadership is just phenomenal. How much of a difference did he make on uh, what day are we again now? We're Wednesday. How much of a difference did he make on Monday, Monday Nick? He was just he just straightened you up, and when the game was there to be won and controlled, he led the way. It's, he's done that in the finals. He's done that all the time. When something needs to be done, whether it's just a tackle or or a bit of a run on or just a pass to somebody else to bring him into the game. He's just always there. I mean, we have, we've got a lot of great players, which we're lucky at the moment. We've seen a lot of bad times too. Yeah. But he, when he's there, he straightens that team right up. 
Yeah, he's, he's so crucial. And, I mean, he's missed some games this year, so that may come back to bite him, potentially. Uh, he's played eight out of 12, so he's missed four. But if he plays the rest of the year, I mean, that that may not matter at the end of the day. But, yeah, I think if you're looking, if he doesn't quite make the All-Australian midfield, Nick, come finals time, and you're going to be there again, Richmond, come finals time, uh, he is going to have an enormous say, I reckon, in how you're shaped. Brendan's in Camberwell, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. G'day, Brendan. G'day, mate. How you going? Good. That's good. Um, sorry, oh, oh, um, what's his name? Mitch Wallace from the Bulldogs. He's uh, since he's moved down the forward line, he's been phenomenal for the Bulldogs. Hasn't he just repurposed himself? Drafted as a midfielder, played most of his career as a mid or a half forward, but um, inside fifty, he's become really dangerous now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He marks everything. He kicks straight. So the only thing that I reckon might go against Mitch Wallace, um, and we're talking about an All-Australian team here, he'll be high up in the Bulldogs' best and fairest, I think. The only thing that'll go against him is that he's got Butler and Papley. If they take in two small forwards, you'd have to say it'd be those two or Charlie Cameron. So it's probably so it's Butler, Kennedy, Cameron as the three small forwards. After that, it's probably him and Bailey Fritch, I reckon, are in the next line of conversation. So if he finishes the season well, uh, he might be a chance. Thanks for your call, Brendan. Lockie's in Beaconsfield up next. G'day, Lockie. How are you, mate? Good, mate. That's the way. Look, I could probably give you the whole squad now if I really wanted to, but... <laughs> Go on. I am, I am a Bomber supporter, and yep. there's always a lot of conjecture about the wing and whether it should be a wing's position or whatever. Obviously, it should be, but sometimes a mid, inside mid gets the job, but... Uh, I reckon Andrew McGrath has had an outstanding season. Very, very consistent. Hasn't put a foot wrong. And Sam Menegola to match up on the other wing as well. Mm. I think he's had a very good season. Underrated almost. But um, I think they're, honestly, at the moment, they're the locks. I know Gaff's in the question, but he's had a couple of down games. But I think those two have been the most consistent for sure. Is, so is Andrew McGrath, my only question to you on, on the wings, Lockie, and I, and I do agree with you about the fact that they should be wingers selected. Last year it was Marcus Bontempelli and Tim Kelly and neither of those play wing. Um, but is Andrew McGrath a winger in the in the pure sense of being a winger or is Andrew McGrath uh, a midfielder now, a genuine midfielder? To be, fair, to be fair, he has spent more time midfield, but when they obviously rotations, but he does spend a few minutes here and there on the wing. So him, yep. Shield, Merritt, P- Parrish and the likes, they do rotate. So, And I'd probably say that more so because he was more of a winger last year as well, mm. but... Oh, you can't, regardless of, I mean, we're talking sort of semantics now, but regardless of that, you can't question the year that Andrew McGrath's had. He's um, he's now a, a bona fide midfield. And I, I love the way the Bombers really took their time with him. He started at half back and they sort of bled him in. And then they began to move him onto the ball for four or five minutes here or there. And then, as you say, took him out to a wing. And uh, now he's spending a lot more uh, time right in the coalface uh, and, and doing a very good job of it. If you're talking about... Pure wingman, in the pure sense of the word, I probably haven't got him there only because of how much time he's been spending through the midfield. If you're talking wingman, uh, there's a pretty good case for humour cluggage to be made, I reckon, if, you, if you're talking absolutely pure wingman. Lockie, appreciate your call. Nice to hear from you. Janine's in Nary Warren has got a view on someone who she thinks should be a lock for the All-Australian team. Hi, Janine. Hi, Jack. Oh, I don't know about a lock, but he'd have to be um, a bit of a smoky, and that would be Shay Bolton. Well, he's um, he may not be a lock for the All-Australian team, Janine, but he's become a, a lock for your, just about Richmond's first-choice midfield now. 
Certainly has, certainly has, and you'd have to be up there in our in our, our BNF count too. I'd, I, you know, I'd think, um, and he's only 21. So when you think, you know, you can see why we drafted him. Like it was like 29 or 30, yeah. we drafted him in 2016 or 17 or something. But yeah, you can really see, um, you know, his his talent coming to the fore now. And when you consider, we've had Prestia out, um, we've had, um, oh, you know, others transmits. Yeah, he's just had four games, you know, and to have him through there, it's just been, just been really good, and you know, just all upside as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I thought he had a big influence on on Monday, Janine, in the uh, the Gold Coast game. Didn't have his biggest night possession wise. Only had 13 disposals, but five clearances, seven clearances the week before, six clearances the week before that. He doesn't need to have in that midfield. He doesn't need to be going. At 25, 30 disposals. You've got lots of guys who you can share the footy around and share the load. But for, for pure, pure clearance footy, I've always admired Trent Cotchin's ability to win the clearance. Uh, now you add Shea Bolton into that list. Plus there's a guy named Dusty who goes okay, uh, who's also very good at extracting the footy out of clearances. So you, Tigers are well placed. Um, and this is the strength of this team is that Damien Hardwick and uh, Blair Hartley and the Tigers, they've drafted a team they, they, and they've used every every player on their list means something and they're dealing with injuries like others um, but they've been able to find depth and uh, Shea Bolton getting getting more opportunity has been uh, one of the big finds of 2020. Damien's in Strathmore up next. G'day Damien. G'day mate. Yeah I was going to say Shea Bolton as well but um, another smoky maybe not this year but definitely for next year um, Liam Baker playing very good. Every week he plays well in the back line. He's just getting better and better each week. He's been um, getting a lot of love from Tigers supporters off the text, Damien. I'm glad that someone mentioned yep. uh, Liam Baker. He, he's gone from strength to strength from where he was at the start of last year, where he sort of came in in round four and then was out for a period of yep. time in the middle of the year. But he's he just looks so comfortable at the level now. Yeah, he, he was like he had like about an eight-week period where they put him back in the reserves and uh, trained him up as a backman. Yep. And then they brought him into the seniors. So he had that, that seven or eight games in a row under McRae where he could play as a backman, and he learnt so much. And that's the that's the one thing that's frustrating, not having the reserves this year, But because um, you, you can just train them up in any position you want and then bring them in when they're ready to go. So you can have a forward at the back, you can have a back at the forward. It's, mm. it's really effective. Yeah, you get the, and you get them playing your way. And Craig McRae um, has been such a huge part of, of Richmond's success in, in recent years because he's coached the, the reserves team and coached them to the same way and the same structure that the, the senior team have played. And it shows because you bring players in and they're able to adjust to the system straight away. Off the text, 0433 98 11 16. Been a stack of texts. We're up to nearly 170 texts in the first half an hour. Um, Jacob Wiedering's name, I reckon, if that hasn't been mentioned 20 times off the text, I'll go he. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be hard to shake, I think. The centre-half back position or the key back positions in this All-Australian team may be harder than they've been in, in quite some time. Last year, I thought Harris Andrews at centre-half back, Jeremy McGovern, sorry, Harris Andrews at full-back, Jeremy McGovern at centre-half back. I thought they pretty much took care of themselves. Um, Andrews has been good but the bar's obviously higher. McGovern's been injured, so he's going to need to finish the year really well. So I spoke about Darcy Moore. Um, Dougal Howard's name's been getting some support from Saints supporters uh, off the text. The the key back positions are going to be fascinating with this All-Australian team uh, this year. Todd Goldstein getting a lot of support for Kangaroo supporters, and even from a few that aren't Kangaroo supporters that say that 
Uh, he should just be a lock anyway. This one as well. Hi, my name's Courtney. I barrack for the Swannies, and I think that a player that should be considered for the All-Australian team is Luke Parker. Always plays a ripper of a game, and he's always leading our disposals and clearances. Well, we spoke to Luke Parker last night on the show, uh, and I spoke to, and we spoke at the time about the load that, um, that he's shouldering through the midfield. I think that he should most certainly be considered at the back end of the season because he's led that team so well through the mids. Stay with us here on Time On. More of your calls, more of your texts. Some of the stuff that you've missed from across the day. We haven't even really had a chance to hook into some of that. But up next, we talk NBL with the new CEO of the Tasmanian team, yet to be named. We might find out a little bit more about that. Simon Brookhouse will join me next here on SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.